there's any way that I can help you improve your meditation practice. <clears throat> or if not your meditation practice, what about your practice of mindfulness in your daily life? It comes and goes. <laughs> it comes and goes. Okay. Well. At least when it's gone, there's an awareness that it's not there. Yes. So, but, well, let's talk about that. Let's, let's be clear on what we're talking about here. Because, okay, the power and clarity of your mindfulness can come and go. But if you if you if you know it's not there, if you know the power and clarity is not there, then you're still being mindful. Right? So in that case, I'd say it's not coming and going; it's just waxing and waning. But it's usually after whatever the event has happened that I realize that wasn't very mindful. Oh, yeah. See, so it's after the fact. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of family in town right now this right. weekend, this week, and, yeah. and it shows up. That does it more than anything else. <laughs> you know, you can, you can have perfect mindfulness, perfect virtue, and have mastered all feelings of uh, ill will and everything else. <laughs> then get together with the people you grew up with. <laughs> Get together with your family. Yeah. The Buddha did that after he was enlightened. A couple of years after he was enlightened. A couple or maybe, I can't remember exactly. That's been probably more like four or five years after he was enlightened because his son, Rahula, was uh, old enough for him to interact with them. <coughs> That was the test. That's that's when the Buddha knew he was really <laughs> when he went home. So. And he said, "Yep, yeah, okay, this is this is the real McCoy." So, so you have family visiting, and yeah, so you have that experience after. The, but see, that's 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 wonderful. To even to even be able to recognize in reflection afterwards that that you might wasn't quite what it should be. So, let's hear from Beatrice first, Pam. No, but I'm, I'm having some difficulty with mindfulness. You're having difficulty? In and and, you, and you, have, you have given me some specifics. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, and I, at the end of the day, I, you know, I sit down and reflect on my day. And I'm still, I'm gone most, most of the time. I'm just gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it, and it's generating frustration. And okay, well, let's talk about that specifically, okay? Because... Do you want to repeat what she said? <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. What she said is that, um, that there is a problem with maintaining mindfulness, okay? that uh, there's large parts of the day when, when you reflect on it, you realize that you weren't mindful, okay? And so what I'd like to do is to look at how that reflection happens for you 
Um, you sit down and you say, okay, let me reflect. And do you sort of do you do it chronologically? Do you sort of? I, I have selected by by your by your advice from your advice um, certain moments of my day mm -hmm. in which to in which to remember to be mindful. Mm -hmm. But I forget. And then at the end of the day I say, okay, so when I was washing my hands, was I mindful? And most of the time I'm, I'm gone. Most of the time you're gone. Yeah. Do you ever remember shortly after you washed your hands yes. that, that you yes. weren't mindful? Yes, so what, what uh, Deborah, right, mm -hmm. was saying, I can identify with that. Is that right, right after or as I'm finishing, I go, okay. And then what do you do? Then I, then I try to be mindful. Okay, do, do, you, do you write down, reflect on having recently washed, washed your hands and see what you can remember of that experience? If, um, it usually happens towards the end of when I'm washing my hands. Mm -hmm. And then when I remember, and then at the moment I, I try to be. And then you become very mindful then. I, yeah. I do okay. become mindful and then often I go, I go right after I go again. Yeah. Okay, and then, and how do you feel when you realize that, oh, I'm almost done, I haven't been mindful? Do you feel glad that you remembered? Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes okay. I, I feel That's frustrated. That's You know, there's a feeling of, mm -hmm. you know, I, I should, I should, you know, I should know. I should know to be mindful. Well, part, part of, okay, part of being mindful is remembering how to be mindful properly. Mm -hmm. And it's all, it has a very exact parallel with meditation. So when you remember to be mindful, the most important thing is to be glad that you remembered. <laughs> Not sorry that you hadn't remembered some other time. And <clears throat> the same thing's true if you're doing a reflection once a day. Is at first remember the times you were successful. That's the first thing. You know, uh, I was asking if you were doing it chronologically or how. It doesn't really matter. But when you sit down to reflect, the first thing, because what's most important is not the times that you weren't mindful; it's the times that you were. So the first thing to do is remember those. And muster up as much satisfaction as you can. Because that, you're, you're training your mind. Your mind is this whole crowd of, none of them in, too bright in themselves, uh, mental processes, you know. But they, they all like to be patted on the back and they all hate to be kicked. <laughs> so that's how you treat them. So, you know, the first thing you do is you, congratulate them and pat them on their head for all the times that they did what they were supposed to. So all those times that you were mindful, that's, that's the most important thing to remember. And then, and then you, can, you can think about the times that you weren't mindful, but how you think about them is really important. How you want to think about them, what you can do is you can imagine yourself having been mindful at the time. Or Maybe you can just have the resolve, you know, the, the, the commitment that, well, you know, tomorrow 
what I'm doing there. I, I'm going to be mindful of it. Now, uh, trying to be mindful at particular times with particular activities is just like a really simple aid to get you to form a habit. And if it's not working, then we might try to find some, some other thing to, to help act as a key. So now it sounds to me like that might have been working to a degree if, uh, if you fairly frequently become mindful partway through washing the hand. So it sounds like it is working and maybe with uh, a little more putting a little more positive spin on it, it might work better. But it, it may be that it's a little bit too um, trivial and meaningless uh, an activity. I, I don't know this. I'm just speculating. Mm -hmm. What you can do is experiment. It's your mind. You can experiment with it. You can try different things. So uh, what you might if you reflect on the times that you were and weren't mindful during the day, you might find the answer there. In your reflection, you might notice that there were other times that you were mindful. And you might say to yourself, aha, maybe, maybe that's more the kind of situation to help remind me to be mindful. Now, another thing that's really important is if you remember to be mindful and you're washing your hands, is to stay mindful. Dry your hands, and you're mindful of that. You walk away, you're mindful of that. You talk to somebody, you're mindful. Try to stay mindful as long as you possibly can. It's like remembering the meditation object. You bring your mind back to it. Now you want to try to stay there. And the best way to stay there is to be aware that, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm still in the meditation object. Uh -huh, yes, I haven't lost it yet. Oh, yeah, I'm still there with it. So it's the same thing with being mindful. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm being mindful of this. The other thing we'll add to this that's very important is why are we being mindful? Just for the sake of being mindful? We're being mindful because what we're, where we want it to take us to is a deeper understanding. We want to see things as they really are. We want to understand ourselves we want to understand everything the way it really is. So that's, that's where we're going with it. And so to be mindful of the movements and the sensations and everything as you wash your hand, is a, it's an exercise. It's like you know, lifting weights. It's working the mindfulness muscle. But what, what you really want to do as much as you can during the day, is be using that mindful mindfulness muscle for the purpose that you've been cultivating it in the first place. And that too will make it stronger. So where it's most important is that you're being mindful of the thoughts and the mental states that are occurring throughout the day and the effect that they have on you, how they make you feel physically and mentally, how they make you behave, what intentions that arise out of them, and, 
and the speech that they cause and the actions that they cause. And also, uh, you want your mindfulness to be continuous. So if your mindfulness is continuous, you're also going to become aware of consequences and making those connections. So if a particular mental state arises in the morning and you say something as a result of that, you may see the consequence of it in the afternoon. And you want your mindfulness not only to notice the arising of the consequence, but to make the connection of, oh yeah, this is the result of that. And it could be a good thing, or it could be a, a troublesome thing. I mean, what happened in the morning could have been, you could have praised something, somebody for something, and then you got a karmic result that afternoon. Or you could have said something nasty, and you got a result. But it doesn't matter. Absolutely doesn't matter. What matters is that you begin, uh, you begin to be sufficiently continuously mindful, so that that the relationship between these temporally separated events begins to be known to you. Right? Not in a theoretical abstract way, not in an analytical way, but in a, oh yeah, there it is kind of way, right in front of you. So continue doing what you're doing. Refine your mental attitude towards what you're doing to keep it as positive and rewarding and satisfying as possible. Look for the reward. And then try to just try to keep it going. And look for something more meaningful to apply your, apply your mindfulness to. You, know, you don't have to limit yourself to what you can do as many different things as you want. Maybe there are other people with other suggestions. Maybe Deborah has a suggestion for how to help stay mindful. I don't have any uh, any um, magic way to do it except just practice, 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 and come back. It's like with the breath. Like exactly. Yeah. And um, and I like what you said, like the positive reinforcement. It's real easy to get frustrated mm -hmm. because because the mind just goes here and there. That's what the mind does. That's what the mind does. That's its yeah. uh, it thinks and. Um, <laughs> And it's just like the eye sees and the mind thinks and the ear hears, all of the, the um, six senses in Buddhism, that, that's what they do. And so this kind of like training like we're doing, mindfulness is a, is a training. Bringing, Jack Kornfield says, bringing the puppy back again and again and again and again to the newspaper. And if you, you know, if you do that, you'll have a, a, an obedient happiness dog, but if you um, if you get angry at that dog every time, um, pills and whatever, um, then you're going to have eventually a dog that will obey you, but will obey you because of fear, and it'll do the right. right. So, it's anti-neurosis this thing we're doing. That's right. <laughs> and whenever you get up from your meditation, You've been sitting there for however long it is practicing being mindful. Mindful. Keep that mindfulness for as long as you can. Afterwards, just keep it going. Okay. Um, mindfulness in terms of your relationship with other people um, is something that um, is very interesting and um, 
speak to the, that pause that you can introduce between um, when, when something happens or somebody says something and when you react or respond to that. Yes. And thank you for noticing that and thank you for asking about it. It is something very important. What happens, you know, I've, I've talked to you at different times about the fact that, that we think there's a self in here that's deciding what to do and what not to do. But if we do take the time to look a little more closely, to be mindful and watch what's actually happening, what we notice is that an inclination to act or react in a particular way arises spontaneously by itself, uh, and it, it, the form and character it has is completely determined by our previous experiences and, and condition. It's completely determined by that, but it's not determined by all of that. So what rises immediately is an inclination or intention that is conditioned by the strongest conditioning at that particular moment. And what happens is you, well, first of all, what normally happens is that the mind immediately attaches to it and says, says okay, that's, that's what we're doing. And you, whatever it is, you blurt it out. If you, and you might look at it, the, the particular impulse to say that particular thing might have been, you know, say, uh, imagine that there are, uh, uh, in that particular impulse, imagine that there might have been, say, a dozen um, prior conditionings involved in that. Some towards making that kind of statement and some not. But if the inclination that emerges from that unconscious place, and so what you realize is the impulse to say this particular thing, that's what the majority of those conditioning factors have generated. If you pause, though, some of those other conditioning factors have a chance to join in, and they might change the vote the other way, you know. It's like, like, like they do in the Senate. They, you know, somebody wants to get a bill through and they notice they count the heads and say, oh, most of the people who support it are here. Quick, let's have a vote right now. And the ones that say, well, you know, wait a minute, if we wait half an hour, we'll get more of our side in here. So they try to stall the vote. So that's what you're doing. If you stall the vote, you're more likely to get a, a more truly representative decision-making process going on in your Mind. And if you've been, if, if you have been practicing the Dharma and studying the Dharma and things like that, it, you, you've got lots of, of really wholesome folks that have a chance to make their way into and participate in the final decision making. So, so um, impulsiveness. I mean, really, what we're talking about is the same thing. You know, teenagers are very impulsive. They do the first thing that pops into their head. Later on, we get older and we feel like doing the first thing that pops into our head, but we 
uh, are wise enough to wait and see what other uh, thoughts might pop into our head as well. And so really, it's you're giving your mind the chance to do that same thing. That's the value of that pause. Uh, in terms of your action, the other value of that pause is, what are you going to do Well, in that time? Well, what you can do in that time is be mindful of your own mind and just watch what's going on. Oh, yeah, if this is the emotion that arises, you know. And most importantly, remember that you are not that emotion. <laughs>